This is WJFP, Fort Pierce, Port St. Lucie, Stewart, 91.1, W296AW, Mangonia Park, West Palm Beach, Riviera Beach, 107.1, W230AL, Coco Rockledge, Merritt Island, 93.9. W232AZ, Melbourne, Palm Bay, 94.3. WJCB, Clewiston, Bell Glade, South Bay, Okeechobee, Moorhaven, 88.5. Have a little church on your radio. This is WLLY FM HD3, Palm Beach Garden. Prepare your hearts, for there's an answer in prayer with Dr. Evangelist Pauline Williams. The woman of God is prepared to minister to you with a doctorate in divinity, theology, and philosophy, as well as drug and alcohol counseling. And now, the woman of God, Dr. Evangelist Pauline Williams. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, my name is Reverend Ethel Mitchell. The following message was preached at the New Island Temple AME Church, which is located at 8620 Southeast Cumber Street, Hope Sound, Florida. Our website is newislandtemplehopesound.org. Phone number is 772-675-675. Church services began at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. Sunday school begins at 9.30. Our pastor is Reverend Dr. Isaac F. Mitchell II. On Tuesday, please join us for a prayer meeting and Bible study from 7 to 9 p.m. And on Wednesday, please join us for men's intercessory prayer and Bible study from 7 to 9 p.m. On Thursday, join us for Women's Intercessory Prayer and Bible Study from 7 to 9 p.m. On Saturday, we offer prayer meeting and Bible study for youth and children from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. And for a donation of any amount, you may receive a complete copy of this message by just calling us at 772-675-2100 or... 772-546-1119. And we trust that the word of God that is preached on this message will bring comfort and joy to your soul and give you witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus, my shepherd, my brother, my friend, my prophet, my priest, my king, my Lord, my life, my way, my end. Please, Lord, accept the praises that we bring. Weak are the efforts of our hearts, and cold are our warmest thoughts 
But when we see thee as thou art, we will praise thee as we ought. Now, Lord, help us to lay aside every weight and the sin that would so easily beset us and help us to run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the suffering and the shame of the cross and is seated now at the right hand of the majesty on high, Amen. ever making intercession for us. Amen. Now, Lord, what we know not, please teach us. Yes. What we are not, please make us. Yes. What we have not, please give us. And we will praise Amen. and glorify, Amen. magnify and honor, extol your name for your name is above every name. It is at the name of Jesus that, that, that every knee must bow and every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And the people of God who agree said amen. I want to preach about the stewardship of our talent. There is an assignment that God has made to all of us, and he does it in a word that the King James interpreter used. The word is severally. It means that God's assignment was given based on my ability and your ability to take that gift which he has given and maximize it. Now we're going to reiterate the text from Matthew 25 again from the amplified text. But I want to build my thoughts around three uh, points for this message. The allocation of our talent the assumption of our talent, and the appraisal of our talent. Listen now to the word of God that is found in, again, in Matthew chapter 25, beginning in verse 14, this time from the Amplified Bible. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man who was about to take a long journey. And he called his servants together and entrusted them with his property. To one he gave five talents, parenthetically, about $5,000. To another, two. To another, one. To each in proportion to his own personal ability. Then he departed and left the country. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them and gained five talents more. And likewise, he who had received the two talents, 
he also gained two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came and brought him five more, saying, Master, you entrusted me with five talents. See here, I have gained five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, you upright, honorable, admirable, and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over a little. I will put you in charge of much. Enter into and share the joy, the delight, the blessedness which the master enjoys. And he was he also who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you entrusted me with two talents to me. Uh, you entrusted two talents to me. Here I have gained two more. His master said unto him, Well done, you upright, honorable, admirable, and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over a little. I will put you in charge of much. Enter into and share the joy, the delight, the blessedness that the master enjoys. He who had received one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard and a harsh man reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you had not winnowed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your money, your talent, in the ground. Here you have, here you have what is your own. But his master answered him, you wicked and lazy and idle servant, you in, did you indeed know that I reap where I have not sowed and gather where I have not winnowed? Then you should have invested my money with the bankers and come and at my coming I would receive what was my own with interest. So take the one so take the one talent from him and give it to the one who has 10. For everyone who has will be more given and he will be furnished richly so that he will have an abundance. But from the one who, have, who does not have, even what he does have will be taken away. And throw the good-for-nothing servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and grinding and gnashing of teeth. That is the word of God. William Howe wrote this tone poem, which has been codified into some hymn books, not our hymn book, but I found this in the Lutheran hymn book, these words by William W. Howe, circa 1823. We give thee but thine own, whatever that gift may be. All that we have is thine alone, a trust, O Lord, from thee. May we thy bounties thus as stewards true receive, and gladly as thou blessest us to thee our first fruits give. The understanding of stewardship must 
it must begin with an understanding that everything that we have, God gave it to us. And we are not owners. We are managers. We are overseers. We watch over that gifting that God has given us with a clear understanding that it is actually a loan. And the expectation is a trust. The expectation is that we would invest it and bring it to harvest, bring it to fruitfulness, make it grow. Again, William Howe said, we give thee but thine own, whatever that gift may be. All that we have is thine alone, a trust, O oh Lord, from thee. Now, we are endeavoring to preach about the church and how the church grows, and we've offered some, some thoughts along that line to, to, to help us to, well, to help me, first of all, to figure it out, because after serving for 17 years on the glades and driving 102 miles round trip through those rich and flourishing cane fields and corn fields and, 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 and bean fields and whatever, rice fields, whatever they planted, Amen. it grew. Amen. And there was no indication that the farm owner was a Christian. In fact, I don't think many of them were. But the seed and the harvest, the seed and the time and the harvest, promise of God from Genesis, it works. You take a seed, no matter what you might believe. You plant it in the ground. You nourish it. You water it. You keep the weeds off, for it, off of it. It has to germinate, if it's a viable seed, it has to germinate and grow and produce. I told the story last week. I had, Pastor Izzy, I had a wonderful grand time with my granddaughter, Devin. Now they're going off the Shreveport to my son's next, next posting. But we, we had some backyard time, and, and we were in the garden, and, and, and uh, she had the water hose, and she was watering, and all she could see that she was making mud. And we had a grand time just watering, and then she watered me with the water hose. I watered her with the water hose. And then, and then I, I, said, well, I said to Devin, she's only three, I said, well, let's plant some okra. She said, okay. She didn't know what okra is, but I, I had some peat pots. I started them a few weeks ago, and, and they were ready for planting. So we, we got the peat pots, and I dug the little holes, and I, I had some, some growing media, some, some black soil. I bought these bags of uh, uh, earth soil to, to try to help them grow and, and, and produce quickly. And, and, and she says, well, can I put my hand in that? I said, sure, baby. Put your hand in that black dirt, and, and let's put some of that around those plants. And, 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 and the point is, it's not because I'm a preacher that those plants will eventually produce okra. The ones I planted a month and a half ago, they have black eyed peas. 
growing on them. Man, I had a mess of black eyed peas last week off of my own garden. And it wasn't because I speak in tongues. It wasn't because I preached behind a pulpit. The, 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 the plants produced uh, uh, black-eyed peas because that's what they do. I diligently planted them. I diligently kept the weeds out and watered them every other day. And, 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 and not miraculously, it's the plan of God. Stewardship. When Jesus prefaced to the to, to the lesson today, he 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 had he had he had gone into the temple in Mark's gospel and 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 and, and he looked all around and came all out came out and he was on the way back to Bethany and, and he saw a tree full of leaves, no fruit. Now the Bible says that it was not yet the seed for figs, but Jesus declared, No one shall ever again eat any fruit off of you. Came back the next day, and the tree was dead from the root up. Fruitfulness is what he expects. And so fruitfulness is born out of an understanding of stewardship. Now, we've been in this for a while, and I, I offer, first of all, I suggested that, that the church, to get the church grow, we must, we must teach the scriptures. Yeah. You don't need any stories. I tell about Devon and my grandchildren, but, but eventually I got to preach the scriptures in order for the church to grow. And, and that's the word. I got to preach the word. Uh, the, the written word, the graphe, the 66 books that we read from is the word of God. The, the incarnate word, the logos, the Jesus word, the message about Jesus is the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning. There was nothing made that wasn't made without him. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. We preach the word. We preach Jesus. But there's also uh, an understanding of the word called the rhema word, that which, which God speaks by divine unction, wherein the preacher is empowered to offer interpretation of the word. That's rhema. The church grows by the word. The church, we said, also grows by the sacraments. And we, we, we discern from our study that a man named Augustine, the Bishop of Hippo from North Africa, he offered that there are essentially uh, five, four sacraments, five sacraments, worship, witnessing, working, waiting, and wrestling. The church grows when we worship. Now, I said last time, I'm a, I'm a, I said bedroom Baptist, but how about uh, Mount Pillar AME? I want to be fair here. If you might go to bedroom Baptist, that means you don't come here. Stay home to Mount Pillar AME, that means you're not coming here. Worship is a corporate activity that is a part of your stewardship. The expectation is that we will assemble ourselves together. Not stay home in your whatever and press the, uh, the, the remote controller. No. We come together and we share. We hear the appeal for prayer and the cry for intercession. And, and we reach out and we lovingly uh, love on one another. Amen. That make any sense? Worship. Witnessing. When I tell you, I tell you that my granddaughter is already healed even though she's still receiving that medication. That's a witness. Yeah. 
I, I we have received her fully healed and delivered. But then working, we, we have been asked to do works of service and, and demonstrate that, 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 well, James said, faith without works is dead. You show me your works, I'll show you my faith. Give me a job to do. I'll do what God told me to do. But then waiting, there's a point in our witness and, and, and our, uh, 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 the sacraments where we wait on God. Israel waited 400 years for deliverance, didn't they? And we wait. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. Running not be weary, walking not faint. That's the waiting. But then wrestling. In the midst of hard times, we're called upon to wrestle. The apostle says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. In other words, your fight is not with another man or another woman. But we wrestle against principalities and powers against spiritual wickedness in high places. But in our wrestling, we don't fight like the world fights. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God and calling every spirit in the subjection to Christ. Those are the sacraments. What is that, preacher? What is that? Those are the visible signs. When your neighbor, when your spouse, your loved ones, your, your grandchildren who you left at home, when they see you dress and go for worship, you give witness. You, 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 you are demonstrating to them that you are committed to going to church. That's an outward sign. People can see that. Oh, I used to belong down there at New Island Temple. Well, when the last time you've been inside the building? I don't know, preacher. Well, when was y'all last funeral down there? I went down there for that one. Not the same thing, brother. Not the same thing. Amen. The scripture, the sacraments, we also offer that the church grows by supplication. That is prayer, entreaty, petition, invocation, intercession, appeal. The beseeching of God grows the church. Talking on the phone last night with one of my preacher friends. He said, you know what happened? They tried to stop Peter and John from preaching. And they locked them in jail. What did they do? Tell me, Floyd, what happened? He said, the church started praying. And when the church started praying, God cleared his throat and it sounded like an earthquake. And the, the prison bars fell open. Because the church prayed. When the church prayed, God moved. When the church prays, lives are healed and delivered and folk lives are, are, are changed and moved forward because we're on our knees in prayer. I've seen it happen over and over again. I believe in prayer. So, so supplication grows the church. Service grows the church. But now we're on stewardship. The responsible overseeing and protection of something that is considered valuable and worth preserving is stewardship. Last time we preached about the stewardship of time. Don't you know your time is the most precious gift God has given you? You don't think it is? Go to the hospital. We left the, we left the nursing home Thursday night and, and Dr. Williams took me by the hospice ward. I didn't know they had a hospice ward at the Fort Pierce Healthcare Center. One of the men, one of the women in there belonged to the St. Paul Church. All of them were in transition. Just laying there. They were traveling. 
Work not long for this world. Now, you want to understand the value of your time? Go by a hospice ward. Look in there and see the ones who are breathing the last. Preparing to, to breathe out and then transition from mortal to immortality. Yeah, that's what happens eventually. And then you'll treasure your time. You'll you do like the psalmist said. You, 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 uh, you, you, you make wise use of your time. You, 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 you apply your heart to wisdom because time is valuable. But then, but then I want to preach today again about this stewardship of talent. This parable concerning these gifts is couched in between the ten virgins and then at the bottom of this Matthew 25 is the one that drove me to visit Joseph Bradley. I was in prison and you didn't come to see about me. I answered the Lord back. When did I see you, Lord, in prison and didn't come to see about you? He said, when you didn't go see Joseph Bradley. And then the, the concluding part of Matthew 25 is one of them depart verses. Depart from me, Mitchell. I never knew you. What do you mean? I preached all these years and I did all that service and you never, no, I never knew you. Well, why is that, preacher? I never got, why, why you don't know? Because you didn't do what I told you to do. So couched in between the, the, the ten virgins who didn't have enough, some five, five of them were kind of foolish. They didn't have enough oil, did they? And then at the bottom, there were people who, who, who didn't see the need of others who were right there around them. But in the middle of that, we find this parable about the talents. Now, this parable, it should stir, stir up in us diligent preparation for the coming of the Lord. He's coming, don't you know? Amen. Don't get too comfortable. But I just bought a new car. That's all right. You die, somebody else going to drive it. I don't think they're going to put it in the hole. What the hole cost, Thompson, $1,100? They're not going to put that. No, you got to buy four holes to put a car in. They're not doing that. Your loving family, they're not doing that. Not even for you. So this parable should stir up zealous preparation for the coming of the Lord. How do you do that? By diligently discharging your duty by the proper employment and usage of your talent. This parable should unmask the pretenders and the hypocrites because you have more talent than you are willing to admit. You just don't want to do anything. Oh, preacher, I would go to you, go with you all on, on Wednesday night, but, uh, you know, I just don't like the way those nursing homes smell. They got these, this urine smell. Well, uh, I got news for you, brother or sister. Uh, one day, you might be in one of those smelly beds. And you're going to want somebody to come see about you. Oh, no, 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 no. My parent, my family, gonna do. they're not going to put me in a place like that. Think again. Think again. Long-term illness in this country, it starts out wonderful. They visit you every week. They stay there two weeks, and you, boy, you by yourself. First week, they come and they powder you down, and they got you all nice, bringing you food. Then let a month go by. You don't see anybody. Oh, I wouldn't do my mama. Think again. I see it all the time. This parable is intended to demonstrate that, that fair speeches in outward form without the power of God is nothing. Talk a good game. 
That's what that man with that one talent did. I'm not doing that. Those fellows got way more than I got. I'm not doing anything. So it, it, it should unmask that. Now, now let, me, let, me understand, let me help help our understanding further because by talent, we're not talking about the ability to dance, uh, yeah. the ability to sing, uh, your propensity for computers or anything like that. Right. By talent in this context, Philip Brooks says it like this. Uh, we ought to understand talents as gifts and endowments conferred for a spiritual end. Powers of body and mind, abilities of nature, uh, natural and acquired abilities, health and strength, long life, understanding, judgment, memory, learning, knowledge, eloquence, influence, and authority over others are talents. These are, these are given to us for spiritual ends. So what do you do about it? You use it for spiritual ends. But I can use mine to make money. Well, have at it, but they were intended to glorify God. So that every power that we have has an ultimate goal of stewardship. Every talent, every power, every gifting has as its goal, has its goal from God, a, a glorifying of God. Praise.